In this chapter, I will be telling you the story about the murder of a six-year-old little girl. The details of this case may be hard for some of you to hear, so don't listen if you're sensitive to this topic. The accused in this case is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Hello everyone, it's just me again this week. Hopefully Brie will be back soon, but for now, um, it's just me. And I don't know what it is lately, but I've been covering a lot of these cases where parents and step-parents are murdering their children. We had the case of, well, Megan Boswell, and then we had Gannon Stock recently. Um, our last episode was about the Chris Dorman case, and all of those parents, so-called parents, murdered their children. This week, I decided to cover this story because of, well, mostly because that Bella deserves to have her story told. And another part of it, too, is the video, the video of her stepmom or her 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 dad's girlfriend walking down the street with this wagon. It just it's haunting to me. So I think after this one, though, I'm starting to kind of get a little bit sensitized to these kinds of cases. So I was going to wait to do a big case until Brie got back. But I think maybe later this week, I'm going to tell the story of a bigger case. And uh, but for now, let's get into this story about little Bella. When six-year-old Bella Fontenelle's seven-year-old sister, Aria, woke up in the morning of April 26th, she was super excited to find that she'd been paid a visit by the Tooth Fairy. She couldn't wait to share the news with her little sister, Bella. But when Aria and her dad walked into Bella's room, they found Bella's bed was empty. So Michael Fontenelle, this is Bella and Aria's dad, thought she might just be hiding. So he checked inside the comforter. She was not there. They checked all around the inside of the house. They went outside. They looked all around the outside of the house and the yard and around the property. But after realizing that both Bella and his then live-in girlfriend, Hannah Landon, were both missing, Michael filed a missing persons report. So putting together the hours leading up to Bella's disappearance, recent court documents say that Bella's paternal grandmother, so that would be Michael's mother, picked up Bella and her sister from school on April 25th and took them to get a bite to eat, and then they all went over to the library. After that, they dropped dinner off to their dad, Michael, at his work, and then Grandma brought the girls home to the house that Bella's dad shared with Hannah. And then Grandma also helped them uh, have their baths and put the girls to bed before she left the house at around 7.30 p.m. She said there had been no sign of trouble between Hannah and either one of the girls, otherwise she never would have left. Police responded quickly to the missing persons report, and after searching Michael's home and neighborhood, they went over to Bella's mom's house, whose name is Jennifer. Um, she was only a couple of blocks away, but sadly, the search for Bella ended at around 7.30 a.m. when police discovered that the little girl's battered body was stuffed into a bloody 12-gallon chlorine bucket that had been left in the front yard of Jennifer's home. Later that night, police discovered surveillance cameras that seemed to capture Hannah pulling the wagon with the bucket behind her. 
It would later be determined that the bucket Hannah is seen carting down the street in the wagon is the same bucket that contained the body of Bella. Thank God that it was the police who opened that bucket uh, and found little Bella inside, as if it wouldn't be traumatic enough having your little girl murdered. But a small sense of relief here is that Jennifer did not notice the bucket before the police did, and thankfully she's not the one that found her little daughter. So after detectives discovered the body and they worked to obtain surveillance video of the neighborhood, they determined that it was Hannah Landon. After finding a ring doorbell camera that captured video of a woman matching Hannah's description, pulling a blue wagon down the street with a large bucket in tow. We got more details after the preliminary hearing in June about this video evidence. Although Bella's death wasn't captured on video, there were multiple surveillance cameras mounted at the homes of Bella's dad and her mom, as well as other residences between the two, so in the neighborhood. And that told a story about how the little girl ended up in that bucket in her mother's front yard. So about 9.30 p.m., a woman that investigators say is Hannah Landon exited her home and retrieved a bucket from the side of her house. The woman, who was wearing a pink shirt, dark pants, and white boots, is seen loading the bucket into a wagon and pulling the wagon north past a camera on Sedgefield Drive and placing the bucket in front of the house of Bella's mom. The woman then returns to her house with the wagon. She leaves again in a few minutes and is seen burying an object that detectives later determined was Hannah's cell phone in a yard a few houses away. Now, because the phone was buried, investigators couldn't ping it while they were out searching for Hannah, but after it was recovered, they discovered that she had used the device to search the internet for criminal defense attorneys just before she hit it. So basically, she did what she did to Bella. She loaded Bella up on the wagon, walked her over to her mother's house, dumped the bucket, walked home, went in her house for a few minutes, did these searches for a criminal defense attorney, left her house again, and went a couple of doors down and buried her cell phone. Hannah Landon ended up showing up to the police department around midnight looking for transport. She wasn't a suspect by this time, obviously, that was pretty early on, but the police say that she looked distressed, and she asked the police if she could make a phone call. All she said was that she was having family issues. When police asked her what was going on with her family, she told them, I don't want to talk about that and just needed to go hug her mother and her grandmother. Hannah refused to give specifics about those family issues. Other officers spoke with her for about two hours before calling the paramedics, and she was taken to the East Jefferson General Hospital for mental evaluation. Hannah was wearing clothing that matched what was worn by the female suspect in the video. Detectives recovered the clothes when she was arrested at the hospital several hours later. Other details that have been released after the preliminary hearing we learned that blood found on the bucket matched Hannah's DNA. Detectives also found blood evidence in their home, in the home that Hannah shared with Bella's dad, um, on the kitchen counter and on the back patio, and all of that is still being analyzed. Dana Troxclair is a forensic pathologist with the Jefferson Parish Coroner's Office. She testified that Bella's death was a homicide. 
The child suffered blunt force trauma to her head and had abrasions and hemorrhaging on her neck that pointed to strangulation. As for which was the fatal injury, um, she said the strangulation was a major player, but you could not ignore the blunt force injuries. The lead investigator also testified that the phone is still under investigation, but that no statements or texts indicate Hannah killed Bella. However, she made previous searches, like we said before, for defense attorneys. The detective said that police used video surveillance and phone data to confirm Michael's alibi. So the dad obviously said that he was at work, which he was, and his alibi checked out at the time of Bella's death. Investigators said that Bella was seeking counseling at school. Before her death, she had told a counselor that she didn't like staying at her dad's house and that Hannah was mean to her and her sister. According to the lead investigator, a 2019 Harahan police report showed that Bella's father, Michael, had threatened to kill their mother, the two girls, and himself. In that police report, uh, the girl's biological mother said that he threatened her, quote, you're lucky to be alive, I'm going to kill you, the girls, and myself, unquote. The mother had also accused the girl's father of putting a gun to her temple while she was pregnant. The couple separated at that time, and Michael started dating Hannah Landon, who is also known as Bunnick Lim or Bunnick Landon. Though the children had called Hannah mean and said they didn't like staying at their father's house, there was no indication that she'd ever harmed them or threatened the girls at all. But court records reveal that Handon had previously been cited for simple battery in connection with a violent encounter with Bella's mom, Jennifer, at Riverside Country Club in Harahan on June 8, 2021. Bella's mother called Harahan police officers and told them that Hannah tried to block another relative from hugging one of her daughters during a swim meet. Hannah allegedly slapped away the hand of Bella's mom, grabbing her hair, and began attacking her until a bystander intervened. According to the police report, Bella's mother was left with scratches on her face and hand. According to police, Hannah was described as being extremely uncooperative before accusing Bella's mom of attacking first. Hannah was given a Harahan municipal summons for simple battery. No details. Uh, I couldn't find anything about the outcome of that case. But we know that Hannah filed for a temporary restraining order, which she also applied to have the restraining order made permanent against Bella's mom. But Judge Lee Faulkner uh, denied the request to make the permanent restraining order. So Jefferson Parish Criminal Commissioner Patricia Joyce ruled that there was probable cause to continue holding Hannah on the first-degree murder charge of Bella Fontenelle. She also denied request for bail for Hannah. There are other family members involved, and she considers the defendant to be a danger to the community. She said it also appears that she has limited ties to our community and therefore would be a flight risk. And so Hannah sits in jail and we wait for the trial date to be set. My heart and my prayers go out to the family of this little girl. This is such a senseless incident, no matter what the findings are. It's just so tragic. Neighbors and friends describe Bella as an itty bitty princess, a sweet little girl who was extremely friendly and could often be seen riding her bicycle to the nearby levee or playing with her seven-year-old sister. I've also heard neighbors say that Hannah would be outside playing with the girls sometimes. 
like out in the front yard or in the swimming pool, out riding bikes or singing songs, which makes us even more just confusing. I wonder, was this like revenge on Bella's mom for that incident from before? I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. I think it has to boil down to mental health. No matter what case we're talking about, these people that cause such chaos, whether it be a case like this, a parent murdering their child or mass shooters, whatever the case may be, I feel like mental health really needs to be treated and taken a lot more seriously if we're ever going to see an improvement. Bella was a kindergartner at St. Matthew the Apostle Catholic School in River Ridge. After the news of Bella's death came out, the school principal released a statement saying, quote, This is indeed a horrific tragedy that will impact our school and parish community. Because of the challenging and sensitive nature of the situation, and in order to help our faculty and families in processing this news, we have made the decision to cancel all classes tomorrow, Thursday, April 27th, and Friday, April 28th. We hope that this will give you parents the opportunity to be with your children. Faculty and parents were told of the situation, but the school decided not to tell the students in such an informal way. There was a ceremony held at the school, which Bella's family attended to comfort her schoolmates. How heart-wrenching is that? For their own unbelievable grief that they found the strength and to go in and comfort the children who attended school with Bella. Hannah Landon does have a criminal history with multiple arrests and convictions in the past, including stealing more than $1,000 from a Walmart in 2015, a drug charge in 2019, and then we also obviously have the simple battery. What a terrible case this is, and the details are absolutely horrific. We don't know everything yet, obviously, but what causes a grown-ass woman to beat and strangle a six-year-old little girl and basically stuff her little body into a bucket and dump it on the front lawn of the child's mother's house. Can you think of anything more horrific? I I can't. We went over the Gannon Stock case not long ago. I will never understand these people. We know that Letitia is rotting away in prison for the rest of her life, exactly where she belongs. Hopefully Hannah will get the same. We're waiting to see what happens to Megan Boswell and Chris Dorman. Obviously, there are so many more cases of parents killing their kids, too. So many. Too many to mention here. And like I said in the beginning, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to keep covering these cases right now because it gets to you after a while. I'm just wondering, like, what is going on in our society? Is it happening more often now? Or are we just hearing about it more often because of social media? I don't have the answer, but no matter where the answers lie, like I said, it has to boil down to the mental health on some level. I don't know. It's such a sad case, and I hope Hannah rots in prison where she belongs. She's innocent until proven guilty, I get it, but she deserves to spend the rest of her life behind bars. I don't know if this is a death penalty state. I hope it is, and I hope she qualifies. I will keep you posted, though. I don't think there's going to be enough information released to warrant an entire episode, but if there's any news released or anything like that, I will share it to our Facebook. And once we have more information or if the trial happens, I'll make sure to let you know. We'll do a follow-up episode when the trial does happen. 
But for now, let's put a bookmark in this one. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully we can have Brie back soon. It's definitely not the same doing a podcast solo, but everyone needs a vacation now and then. Thank you so much for sticking with me. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five-star rating, it'll help our show grow. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us with case suggestions or requests, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. So until the next chapter, bye.